Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 149 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me. All right, we are doing the Kickstart series. We are presenting in the podcast recordings of my live teachings that I did within the Weight Loss Kickstart Challenge that I've been running over the past 10 days. These live teachings have been packed with so much good information. There was good questions that I just felt you as a podcast listeners, if you missed out on the challenge, I think you'll really benefit from listening to the live recordings. Um, now, this week, this episode is about how weight loss is about more than food. So it's about how we need to take a different approach in our weight loss and we can't just think about a diet and my different tips about how to go about doing that. So make sure you check it out. Listen to the full episode. If you were in the challenge and you heard this, if you were there live when I was teaching this, or if you watched the replay, I still really encourage you to listen to it again. Listen to it again, and this time uh, set an intention of trying to pick out something else. You took away something from the original time I taught it. Now, if you're listening to it on replay, I want you to try to pick out something else that you can apply to your own journey. Now, when you're listening to this, when this is getting released, the doors are open to Stress Eating SOS right now. So Stress Eating SOS is my three-month physician-only coaching program where we go deep on all this stuff that I'm teaching in these sessions. Everything that I'm teaching you in this Kickstart series scratches the surface of what we teach in Stress Eating SOS. So if you like this, if you find this helpful, if you find this approach intriguing, because a lot of it's quite different from what you would have heard before, unless of course you've been listening to this podcast since I started it. Uh, but if you like this approach and you want to go deeper so that you actually have support reaching your goals, then Stress Eating SOS is the place to do that. So doors are open right now. They are only opened until the 15th of September. So that's only a couple more days. Make sure you head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash SOS uh, to check it out and find out more, you can always email me at info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca uh, if you have any questions to help you decide whether or not this is the right program for you. But if you are a physician who sometimes feels out of control around food, this is the program for you. You are exactly who I've designed this program for. And this program can help you and completely change your relationship with food and change your weight. All right, let's get to the session. I see some people saying kind of uh, playing some catch up, totally fine. You're not behind. Uh, this is just part of the process. Um, there's no right or wrong way to do this. Watch yourself, you guys, if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm so far behind. I'm not doing this right. That's going to create a lot of anxiety and overwhelm. And then what's going to happen is you'll kind of just stop engaging. You'll end up not and uh, not following along. 
Um, and then you don't get any benefit. You'll kind of pull away when we get overwhelmed. So watch any thoughts. If you are having thoughts about being behind, just watch them, notice them, and remind yourself there's no right way to do this. I am a big believer, no matter what you do, what program that you're in, the benefit is from, like, you take away what you need to take away in the moment is a big belief that I have. And this has helped me personally in a lot of the programs that I've worked in, but it helps, I think, with any coaching program. So trusting yourself that here in this moment, you're going to take away what you actually need to take away, what's going to benefit you the most, what you need for yourself right now, I think is really, really powerful. And that's in contrast to us just trying to like check all the boxes and get the A, right? Where we do it all right and all correct, which is a classic physician thing. It's more about just doing it right for you right now and giving yourself permission that maybe it'll look different than how other people do it, but that's okay. Trust that you're going to take away what you need to take away. All right. So thank you so much for your patience while I got the iPad set up so I can see comments on Facebook. So for you watching live on Facebook, you can enter comments and I'll be able to see them now. That's why I ran away if you came on when I wasn't actually here. And uh, for those of you on Zoom, type your comments into the chat if you have questions. Um, uh, yeah, and so Marla, I see your question about just hard to think about losing weight and not feeling restricted. I'm talking about that today. Uh, so I think that's going to be um, really helpful. So it's good that you're here. Okay, we're going to just do a little housekeeping stuff. Um, first thing is uh, just a reminder about the Bring a Friend Challenge. So this is kind of our big door prize. If you're in the Facebook group, this is only open to physicians. You need to be in the Facebook group. But the purpose of it is to build this community that we're building to get as many help as many physicians as we can and uh, bring them in because with more community, we're better together. Uh, it really, really helps to, and I'm already seeing it in the Facebook group of comments of like, oh, I thought I was the only one and I can't believe other people are struggling with this. Having that community and knowing you're not alone is really, really powerful when you're working on this stuff. Uh, and so the, the, prize when you bring a friend you get entered to win a prize which is uh both of you get the prize uh both of you get 50 percent off stress eating sos which is my uh three-month physician only coaching program what we do in stress eating sos is it's three months of coaching where we take all the stuff that we've been learning in this challenge plus a lot more and we go deeper and we really work on an individual level really work on, okay, like you as an individual are struggling in this situation and you bring it to a coaching session. I coach you directly, ask everything that's going on to really dig deep. It's a very, very powerful way to approach uh, feeling in control around food and being able to lose weight. And I'm very proud of the program. It makes a huge difference in the lives of the physicians that join us. So 50% off is a really big deal. It's not a discount I give in any other situation. So winning this prize is a big deal on that front. You also get one of my custom mugs, which here's mine. This is my water bottle uh, when I'm coaching. And it says believe on it because believing, and we're going to talk about this today, is one of the most, not one of, I think the most important thing that you can do in long-term weight loss. You have to believe. And you have to remind yourself to believe over and over again, which is why I made these mugs. Um, because 
every time you drink out of it, it's like a reminder, okay, just believe, just believe. And that matters. Uh, and then you also get Lululemon gift certificates, which I threw in for fun because I love to shop at Lululemon and my life is pretty much a uniform of Lululemon, particularly since the pandemic. And so I thought that that would just be uh, a fun thing to add. Now, the way you get entered is you invite a friend, you tag their name inside the Facebook group that then enters you at the end, which is on the 8th, uh, all the entries will be randomized and a winner uh, couple, like friends, will be chosen and notified. And uh, right now, there's not a lot of people have entered so far. So your chances of winning are actually pretty good. You're statistically, you're looking pretty good right now. So talk to your friends that you think might be ben- benefit from this and invite them in. Okay. Uh, along those lines is the Facebook group. If you have not yet joined the Facebook group, please do. There's a lot of stuff going on in there. Last night, I spent a lot of time going through people's comments and giving a little bit of coaching in the Facebook group, answering questions and stuff. So there's a lot of additional benefit inside that Facebook group. It is only for physicians. You do have to answer the questions to when you request access. If you don't answer the questions, if we can't confirm you're a physician, we can't let you in. Uh, so just be sure that you actually fill it out. If you get declined, you request it and then we decline it, it means you didn't fill out the questions or we couldn't confirm you're a physician. And so if we got it wrong, you can email us or you can apply, like request access again and put more information so we can actually confirm it for you. Okay. And I think uh, just a few things about the Facebook group. What I wanted you to know is uh, that if you um, are getting messages from me, often when I send back a message and Andrea too, who you, I'm going to introduce Andrea, uh, the other coach in this program uh, shortly. But if you get a message from one of us and it has a question in it, know that these questions are meant, these are coaching. The questions are meant to get your brain working for you to start thinking about things perhaps in a way that you have never thought about it. So if a question feels kind of weird, you're like, what does she mean about that? Or why would she ask me that? Uh, Just know that they are always sent with love. They're always sent with caring. And that uh, just give yourself permission to ponder it a little bit and see what you come up with. A lot of this work that we do with the coaching, because we're working on doing this totally differently, right? Like we're not working on just stick to diet no matter what and you'll be fine. We're working on creating a totally different approach that you haven't done before. And that requires looking at things in a different way. It requires asking your brain to look at things in a different way. Sometimes that's going to feel uncomfortable. Sometimes you're going to wonder if you're doing it right. Sometimes you might feel confused. All of those are normal and all of those are okay. So don't panic if that's what you're experiencing. If you ever have a question from us and you're like, I don't know what to make of this, All you need to do is just give yourself permission to ponder it a little bit. That's all we're suggesting you do when we offer questions for you, okay? I want to tell you inside the Facebook group, reading through all of your comments, reading through the things that you guys are struggling with, the things that you want help with, you're all in the right place. Like it, I feel it in my heart when I read your comments and when I read the things that you're struggling with, with a deep sense of like, I can help you. I I understand what it's to is to feel like that. And I know that there's a better way. I know that you don't have to keep struggling with it. I know that we can find relief and create ease 
And I know that can be a tricky word uh, and we can talk more about that, but it's really what I aim for when I'm coaching people is how can we take something that historically has felt restrictive, has felt like deprivation, has felt like a struggle and flip it on its head and create ease because the ease then is so much more sustainable. I can tell you, I definitely didn't think that was possible back for years of my weight journey. And yet now it's what I aim for. If something feels difficult, that's a signal that I need to go back and reassess what I'm doing. And often that means reassessing how I'm thinking about it. And that's what we're talking about today. uh, The power of our thoughts in this weight loss journey. But just know that you guys are not alone. Know that you are in the right place. Know that I hear you and I know with a deep confidence that I can help you. Okay. Now I wanted to introduce somebody special. I want to introduce Andrea Palima. Um, Andrea, can you raise your hand um, so that I can find you? I'm going to bring you on as a panelist. Now, Andrea is my assistant coach. So Andrea coaches with me inside Stress Eating SOS. Um, And she's been in the Facebook group answering questions and stuff. So I wanted you to be able to meet her and know who is answering your questions and stuff. Hey, Andrea, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit to people? Yeah. So thank you for having me on. Um, So just a little bit of background with me is that I started with Siobhan a couple of years ago when I was really struggling with binge eating as well. It was a lifelong habit, like 30 years. And I just thought this is ridiculous. I was going through the obesity medicine training as well. And again, that was helpful, but just didn't quite have um, all the tools that I needed. Um, So then I also did some of the group sessions with Siobhan as well. And it was really helpful just to know that I wasn't alone. It gave a lot of kind of normalization to what I was going through and just gave me a lot of hope too, to realize there is like this can be resolved, which I really had never had that before. Um, So then I started my job and I realized that the whole behavior piece was missing in my job as well. I mean, there are plenty of people as well who we could tell them what to eat um, because that's kind of how my job is. We do actually give them, you know, recommendations. You work in an obesity medicine clinic just to be clear for people. Yes. Yep. (laughs) And, um, And so I kind of have to follow their formulation. But there are plenty of people who are like, well, yeah, I know what to eat, but I'm not doing it. And so that was the the thing where I thought, you know what, I think I could really use these skills as well, learn these tools. So I became certified as well in the same school that Siobhan had been doing. Um, And then I just feel like this is such an opportunity just to share with people and just to let people know too, there really is um, hope and these tools can be lifelong and um, it's just really amazing. And I think too, it's, there is such a shame um, with eating and our weight as doctors. And we just really feel like we should have it all figured out. So, so many of us don't know that there's so many others struggling. So just being in this spot just really, really just gives you encouragement and hope and just know that we're all working on this together. So that's excellent. And so guys, if you're in the Facebook group and you see notes from Andrea, this is who's talking to you with, you know, experience of obesity medicine, experience of life coach training, and a lot of personal experience as well. Um, which I think is so important and exciting news for any of you who are thinking about doing more coaching after this challenge and joining stress eating SOS, which by the way, if this is a struggle for you, I really encourage you to do because 
honestly, the amount of energy you're putting into this, there's relief for it. And on the other side, when you have the solutions at work, the the relief is so hard to actually explain. But what I was going to say is the exciting news is inside Stress Eating SOS in the fall group, Andrea is going to be offering some private coaching. So it'll be an option that you can add on to your registration. Stress Eating SOS is a group coaching program for physicians only, but you'll now have the opportunity to uh, choose or request to add on some private coaching with Andrea. So if you want kind of the best of both worlds group, I think is very important. I don't think you ever want to give that up because of this community piece of it. But if you feel that it would be helpful to sometimes talk one-on-one with a coach um, about things you might not bring up in a group, then this is a perfect option for you. I'm super excited to be able to offer it. Yeah, I think it'll be great. Yeah, right. and just one thing too is that you were saying, um, I do feel like the the eating part is such a distraction that you were talking about the relief, you know, when you're done. And it really is like, wow, I can go on with the rest of my life and I'm not focusing on food all the time, which... I didn't really think was possible. So it's amazing. Yeah. It's like when it, it, I always think of it kind of like a thorn, like we've lived with it our whole lives. And then when you take it out of your paw, I think like that old like lion and mouse fable, um, all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, that was actually really bothering me. But you don't always notice it on a day-to-day basis because you're just so used to it. And it feels like it's just the way it is. Totally. All right. I'm going to put you back in the room, Andrea. Thank you so much for coming on to be introduced. Okay, so let's talk about how weight loss is about more than just the food. And we're going to talk about things like the whole restriction feelings and, uh, you know, feeling like, well, I don't actually like that food. I don't want that food. I prefer the junk food. All of these things that have been coming up in the Facebook group, we're going to work on and talk about today because really all of it comes back to how we think. Uh, your mind and how you approach however you're choosing to lose weight is the biggest thing that's going to influence how it feels. Now, we've been taught differently. We've been taught that what influences how we feel when we're losing weight is which diet we have. And there must be a diet out there that uh, gives us the feeling we're looking for. What I'm telling you and teaching you today is it's actually kind of total opposite. There is no diet out there that is actually going to give you the feeling that you're looking for. Uh, there's no specific diet where you're going to be like, oh, yeah, this is great. I love this just spontaneously and that you'll maintain that feeling towards it. There are, you can create ways of eating. You can decide to feel certain ways about how you're eating. But all of that really takes intentional thought work, uh, which is really the premise and the base of the coaching approach to weight loss. Um, but it's super, super powerful too. So with the thought work, you can go from feeling really restricted, feeling like you just wish you could be eating other food, wishing you could eat like the quote unquote normal people. If you've ever had that one, um, I, I know lots of us have thought that you can go from that to being content and satisfied and, um, you know, really accepting of the way that you're eating for your body and, here's the big thing, just not really being bothered by the other food. And I say that with a lot of personal experience, uh, but I've also say that with a lot of professional experience of coaching people to that point where the food just doesn't um, bother you in the same way. It's not as big of a deal as it once was. And that comes not from changing food so much. That comes from changing our thoughts 
uh, working on the most powerful tool that you have for weight loss, which is your brain and your mind. So let's talk about like the classic diet approach, right? What we've been trained in and taught how to do throughout our life um, is that you decide, okay, I want to lose weight. You choose a diet. And then as physicians and overachievers, we then go full steam ahead, right? You dive right into that and get going full steam ahead. Uh, but and for initially, you're willing to tolerate stuff that you may not want to tolerate long term because you just want to get going. You just want to start seeing results and you just want to have some like re- relief. Often when we start losing weight, uh, we usually start it from more of uh, like something we want to move away from. There's some sort of discomfort in our life related to our weight that kind of flips the switch where we're like, okay, now it's time. I'm going to make changes. And so you want relief from that. And so we often just want to get results as quickly as possible. Now, the problem with this approach is that like we've talked about last time uh, in the session on Monday is we don't think about what it's going to be like to maintain that long-term. We're doing changes that we know we can maintain short-term and then we just kind of hope and kind of tell ourselves that we'll just make sure we keep it going long term. But the reality of our human brains is that we don't like discomfort. Our brains generally shy away from discomfort. And so short term, we can just really strong arm it and, and force to stick with something that feels a bit uncomfortable. Long term, that doesn't work so well. At some point, you're going to get tired, you're going to get busy, you're just going to kind of get tired of it and say this isn't just this just doesn't work for me anymore and then you'll give up and I think we've all been there right where you have month weeks months of following a way of eating well and you're like yay it's finally you know fixed and I'm going to be fine now and I'm never going back to my old way of eating and then all of a sudden you're like wait I'm back in my old way of eating what happened (laughs) And it's to do with this. It's to do with the way we start our weight loss. And that's why so much of this kickstart challenge is about let's start it in a way that you actually want to finish it. Let's start it in a way that you know you can live because if you want to lose weight for good and you want to keep it off, there is no like finishing the diet. There's no finish line that you cross and then you go back to normal. And that's a really, really important concept to get your mind around and come to some acceptance about. Because as long as your brain is telling you there's some form of finish line that, okay, I'm just going to do this for a little bit. And then I can start, say, you know, if you're doing low carbs, sometimes people are like, I'm just going to go keto and then I'll start adding some carbs back. That might not work. That finish line may not exist. If you lose weight doing keto, you may be able to tolerate adding a little bit of carbohydrate back in but you might not. It depends on your body. It depends on your level of insulin resistance. It's far better to work on the acceptance of if you have a body that likes to hold on to extra weight, which I assume most of us do because we're here, that you need to design ways of approaching eating and thinking about your eating and your weight that is a lifestyle you actually enjoy that is a way that you can keep going without worrying about when the finish line comes. That's really, really important for the long-term weight loss, letting go of the idea that there ever was a finish line. Now, when I think about that, tell me in the chat, 
what you guys think about that when you say there is no finish line, like how we do this means you just have to keep doing it this way. What does that bring up for you guys? Type in the chat. There is no finish line. And when I think about that, number one, it took me some time personally to come to terms with it. And I remember driving, I was on my way to the hospital and I kind of remember when I came to terms with it in that I had a thought of like, okay, I think to do this, I have to just pretty much disconnect myself from North American food, <laughs> um, like the food culture, everything I've been told I should be able to do. I had to intentionally decide I was going to disconnect myself from it because holding on to the thoughts of, well, I should be able to eat this stuff sometimes. I should be able to, you know, celebrate with food. I should be able to, um, you know, order French fries when I want them would probably be one. All of those thoughts were actually harming my weight loss journey because they created deprivation. They created the restriction. And I see, yeah, Andrew thinking, um, and Andrea, I don't know if you meant to send that just to me. If When you guys are sending messages, click the blue thing so it says to everyone, just so other people can see. But yeah, discouragement that this is a lifelong problem and that sucks, but also encouragement because uh, yeah, you've never done that of letting go of the, the finish line. And when I think of letting go of the finish line, it takes away some of that hurry and haste. Because I think, I was thinking about this when I was preparing this talk for you guys, is the hurry and haste comes from the, I want to hurry up and get to the finish line. I want to be done with this. But the hurry and haste doesn't necessarily help you in your long-term weight loss. And Rachel, I see you say, like, I feel intimidated. Now, I think what's interesting is if you have a really negative reaction to this concept of there is no finish line, what it is based on is the real restrictive type thinking. And Andrew kind of mentioned this um, in a comment that you guys can't see, but uh, you know, we've been taught to lose weight, everything gets taken away from us. So we picture this, if I'm going to lose weight, it's this like gray life of nothingness, and there's going to be no enjoyment, and no excitement, and it'll all be just blah. This is what we picture, right? What I'm teaching you guys in this challenge, and what I work on in Stress Eating SOS with the physicians I work with there is, let's not accept that. That we've been taught that, but that doesn't mean it actually is the only way. And Andrea, maybe you can comment in the um, group to everybody else about like, what is it like? Is Did it turn out to be boring? Or is it maybe not as boring as what your brain thought? Um, because I don't think we should accept that it should be this gray nothingness because who's going to do a great, like anything that's going to take you to a life of gray nothingness? Nobody. And if you're struggling, if you're imagining it's going to be a life of gray nothingness and you're struggling, well, good. You should be struggling because you deserve more. That's why I often talk about in my emails and podcasts is let's create a life you love. Let's create a weight loss strategy and approach that creates a life you love. And this is why I love the coaching so much is because it's the only way I've ever found where you lose weight. Yes. You feel more in control of food. Yes but your life gets better. Every aspect of it in ways you can't even guess right now um, as you work on the mindset stuff, uh, your life gets better and a diet doesn't do that. That's the mindset stuff that actually creates that for you. 
So if, if you're thinking there is no finish line, but you're also thinking I get to do this in a way that it creates a life I love and my life gets better instead of becoming like a gray nothingness. How does that feel? Is that different than how your brain was picturing it before? Um, yeah. And Tamara, I see yours of like, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of grief. Like you, it's okay to grieve the, the idea because we've been taught for so long that weight is something that we fix like this. Right. And then the flip side of that is then we take on the shame that we haven't fixed it. Um, and we internalize a lot of that, but it, it's okay to grieve that that's not the way it is. It's okay to grieve that you have a body that you can't just eat every single thing. Our North American food culture tells you, you should be able to eat. I would argue nobody should eat all the stuff that we get told we should eat. <laughs> like when you look at the ads and the, um, you know, all the food uh, stimuli that we are given throughout our days and kind of the messaging that we get about food, nobody should eat that way. We as doctors would agree with that too. But we've been told this kind of entitlement. And I actually did a podcast on this a while back about entitlement because we've been taught that there's this entitlement of we should be able to, and our weight should just be fine. But those, it's a lie. Those don't actually connect for a lot of us. Some people's bodies probably does. Doesn't mean they're metabolically healthy though, right? The people that we see that are thin and seem to eat all the junk food doesn't actually mean it's working for them on a metabolic standpoint. And you never know. But it's okay to grieve it. It's okay to go, I'm sad about this. I wish it were different. But you can grieve and accept at the same time. And that acceptance makes a big, big difference. Um, and recognizing that accepting it and accepting that this is just the way your body is doesn't mean any, there's anything wrong with your body. It's probably just more a genetic basis of you having thriftier genes than somebody else. I always like to think if there's ever a famine, I'm going to do okay. Because <laughs> my body holds on to energy quite well. I know how to like store some real good energy real fast in my body. <laughs> uh, but it's, you know, genetically, you just have a different body. Everybody does. There's other things that other people have that's different than yours. Maybe yours is better in other ways. Or I don't like that term better because having a body that stores weight doesn't mean it's wrong or bad in any way. Okay. So we've talked about like, that diet approach, that just trying to jam yourself in. I think of it like square peg round hole where we get told this is your diet, but our life is actually like this. And then we're trying to fit it and it doesn't quite fit. And we're trying to just get it in and, and make it work. And it takes so much energy. What I really like is if you've got a square life, you design a square hole around it. And maybe some of our lives pegs are all cockeyed and, all different shapes. And then we design a life around that. That's a better approach. And that's what I talk about when I talk about this customized approach and like accepting that you are the way you are, accepting that your food triggers are the way they are, accepting that your body holds energy in the way that it does. And then going to work problem solving on how you're going to manage those while creating a life you love. That's what I'm talking about. Um, and I think the other piece of this that I wrote down is because I've seen a lot of like concerns about restriction and like, it just feels restrictive to make changes where you start. Isn't going to be where you end up where you start in the changes you decide to make 
are probably not going to be where they end up over your long-term, like long-term weight loss. Often you have to tweak and adjust. The first thing you try probably doesn't get you to your weight loss goal. If you've got a, a bigger weight loss goal, there's always these tweaking and adjusting, but that's true also from a mental side too. So if you start and you're like, you know what, I'm going to use a low carb example because uh, it's what I do and I have a lot of personal experience. You can start off thinking, well, I really wish I could eat bread and it'd be really nice to eat bread. But down the road, that's going to change. You're probably not going to miss it in the same way as you do right now. And I can say that from a personal standpoint of um, the way I started with my low carb, like it was far more liberal than what I eat right now. And if I pictured how I eat right now, I would have been like, oh, that's like too restrictive. I couldn't do that. And yet the way I eat right now feels easy and simple. I occasionally do choose to eat carbohydrates, but my goal is always to get back to my normal because I feel my best. So like we were away in Vancouver for the weekend, ate at some fancy restaurants, had more carbohydrate stuff than what we would normally eat. And it's fun, but physically I don't feel as good. And so it's always like, okay, I'm looking forward to getting home and just getting back to my normal. Uh, when I make the choices to eat that stuff I don't normally do. And that's without like feeling worried and sad about the stuff I won't be, I will be not eating again because I'm back at my normal, but that's a change that's happened with time. So this is all new concepts for you guys. And if it feels awkward and you're like, it feels uncomfortable and you're like, I just can't get back past the thought that this is restrictive or it doesn't feel good then A, change what you're doing. Go, okay, what could I do? What changes could I make right now that don't feel restrictive? And B, just give yourself permission that with time, what you define as restrictive uh, will change. And with working on how you're thinking about it, it, it totally changes. And that brings us to the thoughts about um, how you think about the food you're choosing to eat matters way more than the actual food you're eating. So we've been taught that um, the sort of food and the restriction and the desire for food is all an inherent quality of the food, that a particular food holds powers. So if I say no to this food, I therefore must be feeling restricted. Or if I see this food, I must feel desire for it. We've been taught that the food holds the power. What I'm teaching you guys is you hold the power and you hold it in your thoughts. A food is just a food. It's a collection of molecules. It's a collection of ingredients. There is no food that is universal, universally restrictive to people when they say no to it. There's no food that has universal desire to people. Even something like, say, chocolate cake which probably a lot of us on this call would think, oh, that that is so good. And it would be so fantastic to have a piece of chocolate cake. So we think the cake holds power of desire. I bet you could do an easy pull and find a whole lot of people that would not touch chocolate cake if it was in front of them because they have no desire for it. And the difference is they have a different set of thoughts about it. The cake still activates the same taste buds on their tongue. It still activates dopamine in the brain because it's got the same sugar, but they have a set of thoughts about it that make them not want it. Um, the cake itself isn't different between, you know, somebody like me that might be like, oh, that looks really good. And somebody else is like, oh, no, thanks. I'm good. 
an example, just an analogy to show you this that I like is think about like a boring salad. And if you like these salads, there's no judgment, but this is my, my thought of like boring salads. So like, you know, the iceberg lettuce basic salad out of a bag, some dried chicken breasts, like that would be sort of back in the early late nineties and early two thousands. Like if I wanted to lose weight, that was sort of what you pictured you should eat. Right. Anybody do the dry chicken breast on a boring salad and dipping your fork into the dressing to minimize your dressing calories? Uh, type in the chat if you if you feel this one. But so that, you know, that salad, if you put that in front of me or if you had it on a menu, I would actively avoid it. I would be like, uh, no, do not want that. Nope. I would like probably choose to fast rather than eat that salad on most days. Because I have a set of strong thoughts about it, of having eaten it for so long. Now, if you changed the situation I was in, and you were, I was on, say, a desert island, and I hadn't had food for days, and I didn't know when food was going to be coming, and somebody said, hey, here's a salad with chicken on it and some dressing. What would I do with that salad then? What would my thoughts and my desire for the salad be that exact same salad, same salad out of bag, dry chicken breast, you know, let's say light dressing, light Italian dressing that I ate so much of back then. What would my thoughts be about it then? I would be like all over that salad. I would be so excited to see that salad and I could not wait to eat that salad. Now the salad didn't change. My thoughts and situation changed. And the situation was different. So I had different thoughts about the salad. That's why the appeal of the salad changed. That's really, really important to know. Because you can choose how you want to feel about different foods simply by changing your thoughts. Now, for any of you that were at the Physician Wellness Summit on the weekend, I talked about the concept of pedestal foods. So that's, I, this is something that I've made up. I've actually got, hold on a sec. I've still got it up on my whiteboard from another time talking about it. But if you think about this, we often have um, our, these foods that we consider, that we put up on a pedestal. Let me see if I can get it a little bit better for you guys. Um, So this, I've been drawing on here, put any food up here on the pedestal. And what happens without intention, so just happens automatically, is the foods that go up on the pedestal are probably the foods we don't want to be eating if we're working on weight loss. They're going to be the more highly processed foods. They're going to be the sugar-containing foods. They're going to be, you know, deep fried, fast food, all that sort of stuff. They're up on the pedestal. And they are up there above any other food. You can see I drew other food down here. Um, but your brain like then shines spotlights. That's what these are on here. And I always joke that it's for some foods, it's like a choir starts singing when you see it or think about it too. And it's like, oh, um, about the food. Now for me, it used to be Wendy's French fries was totally my pedestal food that I struggled with for so many years. And if I thought about it, if I saw them, if I, you know, saw an old bag, any sort of cue, it would trigger this like spotlights, choir singing, that, and then thoughts about how amazing it would be. And what I want to point out to you is all of those thoughts build desire. 
they build cravings for the food because then your brain's like, this food is so amazing. Let's go get some. Like, look at all these thoughts we have. And the other thing that's interesting when we're talking about pedestal foods is it often then puts the food that you might want to be eating, like say your healthy food. And this has come up in the Facebook group a bunch for people, right? Like when you see, I posted a picture of my a salad I ate for lunch the other day. And, you know, for some people it was like, that just doesn't look good to me. I, I want the food up here. The salad doesn't look good because the salad's down here. Um, and the reason why it's down there, there may be some taste preferences and those change. Our taste buds are totally malleable. Uh, but a lot of it has to do with the thoughts. Like what does choosing that salad mean versus choosing Wendy's French fries for me? Well, for many, many years, if I chose the salad, it was meaning I was depriving myself of the thing that was most amazing in my world because of all the spotlights and choir music I played every time I thought about it. So in order to lose weight, in order to stick to a way of eating and feel that sense of ease, feel content, feel acceptance, feel happy with what you're eating. You need to change what's on the pedestal. You need to be aware of how your thoughts influence what's on the pedestal and start playing with it. So one thing I did, like I'm being very honest that the salads was in the pit for me (laughs) before is, uh, and the idea of eating a salad was like, I got like third place. Um, And it would be like, okay, I guess I'll eat that. What I've done over the years and has been so helpful is while I'm eating the salad, I think about how amazing it is. I think about, and I make sure my salads are good. I don't do the boring salad. We already covered that. I make sure the salad is tasty to me. But then I also really intentionally think thoughts about, oh, that's going to be so good. Oh, you know what? I'd really like to have, I make this one salad that's like uh, shrimp, goat cheese, and a homemade dill dressing, which is like so good and some nuts on it too. So I'll think things like, I, oh, you know what? I really like to have that. I haven't had that for a while. I need to go get the stuff to make it. And it, it, I build desire for the healthy food by how I'm thinking about it. And then that brings it up here. Um, and same thing goes with the food you don't really want to be eating if you're losing weight. If while you're eating it, you're thinking, this is so amazing. I wish I could eat this all the time. I, um, I shouldn't be eating it, but it's so good. All of those thoughts would be really common. Those are going to build desire for that food. And then it's going to feel harder the next time you encounter the food. What you want to do is you want to be thinking, honestly, realistic, honest thoughts. Like if you pay attention to the foods you guys really crave while you're eating them, what you'll notice is, yeah, first couple bites taste really good. After that, it goes downhill. So my whole Wendy's French fry example, when I'm eating them, I'm thinking about is this actually as good as I thought it was? Uh, You know what? No, it's a little like these ones aren't hot as hot as I'd like. It's a little bit rubbery. It's getting kind of pasty now. Those are the thoughts that actually go through my mind. I do still eat Wendy's French fries sometimes. It has a totally different relationship with me. It doesn't have the same power or control. But but when I do, I do think these thoughts of like, "Hmm, is this as good as I think it is? And I pay attention to the actual experience of the food. And you know what? It never is as good as what my brain would have always told me. And back when the Wendy's French fries were up here, I probably didn't pause long enough to actually notice what they tasted like because it was about the idea of them. It was never about the actual fries. Okay, that's a really big concept. Type into the chat where you're at with me with this. Are you following what I'm saying? Do you have questions about the idea of how we can change what foods we really crave simply by changing how we're thinking about the foods? Type into the chat and let me know. 
where you're at. I'll give you a sec to type in. If you can like master this skill or not even master it, but start using it a little bit, um, it will change your life with food. This is like a everything skill. <laughs> and it may feel so weird. Um, Cause you might like, I, yeah, I see Jennifer, you're saying, I never thought that you could change it by changing your thinking. Um, but yeah, so it might seem weird and you're like, what really is it that easy? Cause we've never been told this. We've been taught the opposite. We've been taught the food is the one that holds the power. This concept is about you taking the power back. You get to decide what relationships you have with different foods and you get to decide how different foods feel for you. All right. Keep typing in the chat. Um, yeah. And so thinking about the things that you really like that you want to be eating that are going to do your body good. Cause it's, you know, we want to lose weight. Yes. It's about size. Usually it's about how we look, but if you really dig deep into why you want to lose weight, you want to do it to feel your best. And usually we feel our best when we're eating healthy food because, you know, that's when our bodies physically feel the best. And so if you're working on viewing the food that you know will make you physically feel the best, work on how you're thinking about it so it also mentally makes you feel your best. So the eating of the food is actually that emotional experience and that really enjoyable experience that makes you feel your best. Um, yeah. And you'll notice just like as a little aside of something I mentioned in that example is when you are eating a food that you may, you know, not have planned on eating, um, it, you can watch how you're thinking about it. So you could beat yourself up. Like in my Wendy's French fries example that I gave you of when I'm eating them now, what I think about it, I could sit there and beat myself up for the fact I'm eating Wendy's French fries and oh, Siobhan, you should never eat these. That would be impossible. The possibility. I don't do that anymore, partly because any beating yourself up um, generally doesn't actually help anything. But it, you know, it may be a far better use of your time to sit and think about, uh, like, how do you want to think about this food? Like, yes, you're eating it. You've made the decision to eat it. Totally fine. You're an adult. You get to make decisions about what you eat. And then what do you want to think about it? How do you want to remember this food? You've got a lot of programming from it being up on the pedestal about what this food means. Do you want to keep that programming or do you want to work on doing a bit of reprogramming? And that is your choice. Um, and that's within your own power. And I, so much of what I do when I'm coaching and stress eating SOS is it's all about coming back to holding the power for yourself. Uh, and it influences our weight in a lot of different ways. This is one example. It also influences our weight when we're talking about, you know, in work or relationships. If you start to own the power and make sure whatever you're doing and thinking that you're holding the power, that then influences your eating. And that evening eating that's come up a lot in the Facebook group, that's a really big uh, solution for it. Yeah. And so, Polly, you're saying you've experienced this with the sushi. Um, and able to kind of change how you're thinking about it. And my example would be um, of this is pasta. So when I think back to um, uh, like back when I was first going low carb, we used to eat a lot of pasta. I used to love 
pasta with cream sauce on it would be my like favorites, right? Um, there was a favorite pasta place we'd go to in uh, Burnaby when I was in university and I would crave it. Whereas now, and uh, when I first started going low carb, that was one of the things of like, what I can never eat pasta, what? Whereas now, honestly, I, I would not choose to go to a pasta restaurant because nothing interests me on that menu. It's not that I'm not allowed to go to a pasta restaurant. It's that it's just not interesting. I can look at menus with all sorts of cream pastas on them. And I'm never interested in ordering it because I just have a totally different thought about it. If somebody made me eat pasta, I would eat it, but I don't think I would overeat it ever. And because it's kind of like, oh, this isn't that great anymore because I've changed my thinking about it. The pasta stayed the same. It's how I think about it. That's different. Um, I just wanted to touch base in a little bit of time we have left on just a, a couple things. One is the concept of binge restrict cycles. Now, this is something that we talk about in binge eating. Um, and for any of you who identify with binge eating, uh, that's an area of interest of mine. And inside Stress Eating SOS, we've, I've got actually a bonus binge eating course. And we also do uh, special binge eating coaching sessions. But the binge restrict cycle you can apply even if you don't identify with binge eating. And it shows up when you're thinking about starting to lose weight, which is why I wanted to bring it up today. So we start with our like feeling like we've overeaten. And you can look at this on a daily basis. You can look on this as kind of more a bigger life thing. We start at the place of feeling like we've overeaten. And then our brain goes to, okay, well, I did that. So now I have to be extra careful. And I need to, you know, essentially compensate for what we've eaten. And it flips the other way. It flips from overeating into restriction. So if you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, you know what? I really overeat last night. Like that evening eating kind of got away from me. Um, I had, you know, I was snacking all night. Okay, you know what? Today I'm going to fast a little bit longer. Or, okay, I'm going to be extra careful. I'm going to go like really low carb today when you don't normally eat low carb. All of that is flipping into the restriction. That's restriction type thinking. That restriction thinking does not feel good. Uh, it feels restrictive. <laughs> it feels like you're going to be deprived and then you'll notice you'll start to have some resistance to it because again our brains don't like to be restricted you'll start to have it's like the inner toddler of us starts to fight back against that restriction and over the course of the day or days depending on kind of what's what cycle you're looking at uh, you'll start to have thoughts about, well, I should be able to eat that if I want, or I really wish I could eat that, or um, it's so hard to not eat that. All these thoughts that then ultimately end up flipping you into overeating or binging. This is a simplified version that I'm laying down for you guys. But the big thing is, is the place to intervene is on the restriction side. We are used to intervening on the overeating side to try to be like, I'm just going to try and not overeat. I'm just going to try and stick to my plan and I need more willpower. That's actually not the place to intervene. The place to intervene is over on the restriction sign. Stop flipping into that restriction. Now type into the chat if you recognize yourself in this overeat restrict cycle. Can you see where it's playing out and showing up for you? So this is where when you hear me talk about my eating and what I talk about eating with a lot of people is just the concept of getting back to your normal. It's not about uh, getting back on your diet, getting back on the wagon. It's just you don't compensate for anything you've eaten. You just get back to your normal is what you want to focus on. 
because if you take out that restrict side and you design a normal that you actually like to eat, then it becomes simpler to not flip back over into the binge. And when you think about like a binge restrict cycle, it kind of goes like this. And for people who have binge eating disorder, you'll recognize this, that, you know, you uh, you binge, you restrict, you binge, you restrict. So it's like a big wave. What we're doing and what we're focusing on is doing this. And there'll be like little variations. Like your eating is never going to be like 100% stable and perfect, but you, um, it, it takes the big waves out. So when we're talking about how do you want to focus on eating over the course of this challenge, what I want you to do is if you feel a lot of resistance to it and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that, you're probably imagining a bit more on the restriction side. And that's why I've um, designed this, this uh, challenge in the dashboard the way I did is to try to just give like one thing to focus on. Like if all you're doing over the this week is just like, I'm just going to focus on paying attention to when I get hungry and then I eat then. Um, that can make a difference. Now, this has come up in the group where what if even those feel restrictive? And then what I think it comes down to there is how we're thinking about it and our why for making change. You do not have to follow the suggestions I've put in the um, restriction or in the dashboard for how to focus on your eating. You can do whatever you think will actually work. My big suggestion would find something that you like your reasons for doing it, because then it's easier to think thoughts that are going to work for you that won't make you feel restrictive, restricted. And that you, you can see is not restrictive. It feels okay. You can then add on and over time, it's easier to add on. But if you're really struggling with the idea of what you're trying to do and it feels uncomfortable, it feels restrictive, probably you're kind of playing the restrictive part of that restrict overeat cycle. And we want to kind of minimize that and meet where you're at and then tweak and adjust. Once your eating is more stable, once it's kind of here and you're just having little variations, then you can tweak and adjust exactly what you're doing without triggering the big waves. If you're having times where you're feeling really out of control with your eating and then you just try to be perfect and it's like either I'm perfect or I'm not uh, you'll constantly be in the up down wave um, and so that's a, a big thing and that restriction mindset after you've overeaten is like embedded in us I still have it and I still have to just notice it and be like okay no calm down Siobhan like my my brain's like okay maybe I should just fast a bit more today maybe and I just consciously go back to no what I do is I go back to my normal I don't have to do anything I just go back to my normal all right a couple thoughts just questions for you to ask yourself as uh as we're wrapping up is I want you to think a little bit as you go through this challenge of what stories are you bringing with you from your previous weight loss experiences what thoughts do you have and do you carry with you about your past weight loss attempts or your past weight regain? This is really important because it, we often don't pay attention because they, they're painful stories usually we've been telling ourselves. And when I say stories, it means the collection of thoughts that we have, the interpretation we have of the events that happened. They're often painful stories, so we don't want to look directly at them. But if we don't, they're coming with us. They're coming into this time and 
you know, any future times that you're working on this. It is so much better to look at it and notice. So think through what do you tell yourself about your weight, about your previous weight loss attempts, about any weight regain you've had? What story are you telling yourself? And how do you feel? Our thoughts create our feelings. So the story we tell ourselves about our weight creates certain feelings. Paying attention and noticing how that story impacts your feelings. And then ask yourself, how does that, how does telling myself this story, generating this feeling, how does it actually impact my weight loss moving forward? Because here's the thing about our thoughts is that they become self-fulfilling prophecies. So if we have a thought or a belief that we can never be successful, well, that's going to play out and it's going to get in your way of success unless you look at it and you work on that thought. Um, if you have a thought or a belief that, you know, you can only stick to a plan for three weeks, and then you fall off. Guess what's going to happen? You, you, that's what's going to happen. And then your brain uses it for evidence that the original thought was true. This is how our thoughts and our beliefs work. So what we want to do today is look at how we're thinking about it. Look at how it's impacting us and then see if there's space to change it. So I want you to do that exercise. Look at how you've been thinking about it. And then what I want you to do is think about the story of your weight loss. And is it possible for you to reframe it, retell the story with you as a hero instead of, you know, a victim or the funny sidekick, or whatever role you put yourself in? Can you change it with a focus on the successes that you've had? So you're telling the story as a hero. Now, may feel uncomfortable because we all have this belief that we need to be really tough on ourselves in order to be successful with weight loss. But what I just told you was that the way we think is what we create. So if you can tell yourself a story and work on this, and I know it might not come right away for all of you, if you can create a story where you're the hero, where it focuses on your success that you've had in the past for weight loss, then that's going to create more success. You go where you focus. We are been trained to focus on our failure and it keeps us tripping up over and over and over again. What I want you to do is start shifting to focus on your success. Give yourself permission to focus on your success. It will get you so much further to your goals and it also is going to feel so much better than when you're always telling yourself a painful story about your failures. Okay, that's all I have for you today. Type into the chat or um, the comments on Facebook and let me know questions that you have, any thoughts about what we've talked about? What's, what is your takeaway point that you're going to take away from today's session? What is something you can take away and use today, tomorrow, as you go? Think through and type it into the chat. While you guys are typing that in, I'm just going to remind you the next live session is a Q&A. That's Friday morning, I believe. Um, and so that one is meant for us to come together for you to think through, okay, what, what do I need help with, with applying this new approach? Um, like I said, it's normal to feel a bit confused and like have your brain a little like what with some of these new things I'm talking about, bring all your questions and things to that session on Friday. And that's why I added in those Q and A sessions. So you have an opportunity to process and get help with anything that you're not uncertain about or anything that you want help with. Any comments about takeaways from today's session? And so finish line might not exist, 
Yeah. And Jennifer, so changing your cravings, but changing your thoughts on these foods, super powerful. And just stop with the rebound restriction. Just go back to your normal. Those two things honestly could change your life. <laughs> Those are huge. Uh, thinking that you're not ready, that you're doing this on vacation and uh, isn't serving you and that um, any number of emotions are okay. Totally. It's totally fine to feel emotions. And in fact, the skill of learning how to feel emotions is important in weight loss because often what we do when we struggle with food is that when an emotion comes up, we respond by food. Our brain's kind of been taught that and uses that as a response. Yeah, change, reframing how you, you think about food. Yeah, and just get back to normal. Love it. Okay, have a fantastic day and evening, guys. We'll see you Friday. Make sure you join the Facebook group. The link is in all the emails you've been getting. Um, if you want to join Stress Eating SOS um, if you, or you want more information, uh, you can join the wait list for that. And uh, I'm putting the link in the comments there. Let me put it over here too. Um, you can join the wait list and then you get access to um, some bonuses. The bonus for members of the wait list when you're waiting to hear about the next dates is um, a coaching session next week. So the difference between coaching sessions and these live sessions is a coaching session is more like what we actually do in Stress Eating SOS, where we bring people on and actually talk directly and work on exactly what they're dealing with to get direct coaching. So it's a unique opportunity to have access to a free coaching session with me. Um, and if you're contemplating, you're thinking, maybe this approach is helpful. Maybe I would like to explore it more. Join the waitlist so that you then get access to that coaching session. You can try it out. It gives you another opportunity to get more help from me. All right. And don't forget, bring a friend, enter to win that big uh, grand prize, door prize that we're doing in the Facebook group. Okay. We'll talk to you later, guys. Have a fantastic day. All right. So much good stuff in that. I want you to just think, I, I, I know I covered a ton of information in that one. I want you to think, what is one thing that you can take away from that and focus on for today in your own journey? What's one thing you can take away? Don't forget, check out weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash SOS to find out more about stress eating SOS. Like I said, all of this content I just covered in this live session is a fraction of what we do inside stress eating SOS. We take everything that I talked about and we go deeper and we apply it to your own life in your own very specific situations uh, so that it has more lasting impact. That's stress eating, sorry, that's weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash SOS. Doors to registration for the fall group are only open until the 15th. And then after that, the next group isn't opening up until 2022, till January. Okay. Have a fantastic week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you soon. The next episode in this series will be released on Wednesday. 